Chris, you know what I hate? What? I haven't been able to go on vacation. I haven't left the house. So I've been on my social media and I'm seeing all these pictures from like the past come up. And I realized, oh my God, I look tired. Like there's wrinkles under my eyes. I've got bags under my eyes. Uh huh. Those crow's want... feet. I know. Oh, I like my laugh lines. So I'll leave those. But the bags under my eyes, Ugh. no Magusta. No. Nuh-uh. No. And as the pandemic, hopefully we get this fixed and we can leave the house again. I'd look like to look a little better from a public. From a public. That's why I got Plexiderm. Now, Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags, all in the comfort of your home, which is great because we still can't leave it. That's right. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody's going to know you're wearing it. it. I really do love this. It works in minutes. You can look just 10 years younger in minutes. The results will blow you away. So get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer and in this fall in this winter and you know what even when you have that mask on it's your eyes that are smizing we're smizing at people (laughs) and you want to have you want to make sure your eyes look young 10 years younger while we smize at people (laughs) so go to try go to triplexiderm.com and use my code voices for half off of a full-size bottle of plexiderm plus you're going to get additional ten dollars off or you can try 1495 trial pack which i actually love today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and just mention code voices Again, visit triplexiderm.com and use code VOICES for a half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or you can try the $14.95 trial pack, whatever you would like. Just go in now and use code VOICES and get some Plexiderm. Go do it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Live exclusively for WCPT in Chicago, standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, In a day that in many ways encapsulates 2020 in a 24-hour period, um, we have lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg and we have surpassed 200,000 deaths in this And my message to you right out of the gate that we will start off this um, this conversation and this uh, sharing of news with is you do not get to skip history. But I want to. I know you want to, Johnny Million. Uh, Johnny Million is with me. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. We have become so accustomed in many ways because of the. Cable newsing and the uh, the in, in all honesty, the availability of cable over the course of this, you know, the last couple of generations lives is our awareness of history as a direct example is much um, and, and the increase in the quality of camera work over the same amount of time has made a very distinct difference between what old uh, what history near history looks like and what our life looks like. Our life is, you know, it used to be history was black and white or written down and ours is in color. This is the generation previous to ours. Um, Ours, you can tell the decade by the quality of video work. And I think you and I were even talking about like looking at video from the 90s and it looks like stuff from the from the 50s. You know, it looks so old. It does. It's amazing. I was. uh, um, And so there is this belief. That. History, especially the, you know, the civil rights marches of our age, um, the, the violent clash history, the stuff of, of uh, you know, Kent State and um, the, the 
you know, Bridge and Selma and those kind of moments were things of the past, fights that had been fought. And now we're in the legislative period of fighting about these things, which is how civilized society often works and and in many ways should. Um, But the belief was, is that most of these fights were behind us. And um, I was telling Johnny before the show started that I used to have a joke about America um, that, you know, com- people are always surprised when we're going through this stuff or other countries, especially European countries, um, make, a, you know, make fun of us for our lack of development. When in reality, compared to them, we are only 15 years old. They have been around for, you know, centuries, if not near millennia. And in, you know, in so doing, they've worked out some, if not all, um, of the kinks that we are still working through. Um, They also did it from the comfort of being relatively racially homogenous worldwide. Mm. They fought their battles internally, but they were with people that looked like them from the, you know, the, the, you know, the Chinese bringing their uh, entire country together under the Qin dynasty, the, the, the Japanese, to the, the Germans and the Polish working out their diff- difficulties in the, in the 30s and 40s. Um, a lot of this has been going on for quite some time. And America is late to the game. And we are basically, in our development, we are a 15-year-old boy who is completely fixated on nudity. Um, we have just found our dad's gun, and uh, we are afraid everyone thinks we are gay. That is, that is America. I like the uncensored version better. Thank you. Um, And so that, that is a, you know, sort of where we are and, and you can see it in who is president currently. That is, that is the man who is in charge. That is, that is the phase in development. He is arrested in. He is Donald Trump is stuck in, in a period of his development that is immature and, uh, uh, we, we have a lot to deal with in this. The first thing I would like to say beyond the fact that we don't get to skip history, history will happen in your lifetime and you will be called to deal with it is that um, your progeny, the people you love, the people, your fellow Americans, your fellow world citizens um, need you to be at your best right now. They need you to not collapse from the exhaustion. They need you to live up to a standard that um, your grandparents lived up to, that your great-grandparents lived up to, with far fewer resources at their, uh, you know, it, when, when your great-grandparents went through the Dust Bowl um, or some equivalent, depending on what country they're from, um, or the Depression or some equivalent, um, or they went through the polio epidemic or any, you know, uh, both of the world wars, they showed a level of stout character that matched it. And I'm sure there were, by the way, there were plenty of nutty people. There were plenty of Karens back then. There were plenty of, of Trump boat parade type people back then. If you go back and look at the Spanish flu itself, there were anti-mask brigades there were people arguing that their freedoms were being destroyed, that this was encroachment by a, a world government that was trying to shut everyone down, that this was the first step towards totalitarianism. None of this is new. 
Um, and but the vast majority of people at the time answered it, you know, with the humor and disdain that it deserved. Um, the there are so many parts of of history that are similar to today. It may, you know, I mean, I guess the the old thought form is the you know what hurts worse, your broken leg or my broken thumb. Clearly, my broken thumb because it is my broken thumb. And so all of history will hurt worse on your watch that you experience because it's yours. And what I would say to everyone is mourn the reality and the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was by all measure an extraordinary woman and a force for civil rights for not just every American, but every person on the planet. Because when Ruth, March of Democracy being on pause as it is currently, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was confirmed, the, the idea still was that America would be a bastion of democracy that would show warts and all the difficulties of democracy, but ultimately the value of democracy. And that this would extend these rights for, uh, for people of all genders to live their lives fully and with no restraints on them other than the, uh, the agreed-upon legal ones, you know, based as they may be on the Judeo-Christian values of don't kill or steal um, or perjure yourself or um, the whole coveting an ass thing. That's a, we got to talk about that at some point because that, that might be the entire basis of our economic system. But, um, but all, the, all those things said, the idea is that you would want that to extend past our borders. And she believed in that. And that should be the ultimate driving force between a lot of people, not only in this this election, but the next one and the next one. Because, folks, as we've said many times, you don't vote every four years. You don't even vote every two years. You vote every time. If there's a special election, if they're adding an election, if they had if somebody had to step down and they need to do one and or or your the the local uh, judges or whatever are elected in an off season away from everything else, much like the uh, mayor of Los Angeles has been for years, uh, you know, in between uh, general elections and um, and the uh, midterms. Not even on that schedule, the L.A. mayor race, for example, which is, for the record, a, a an area of land and business that is only slightly smaller than Israel, Bahrain and UAE combined. I mean, there's there's seven million people in Los Angeles, including the outer valleys and stuff like that. We're looking closer to like ten and in Orange County, that's an extraordinary area to have governance over. And it's a, you know, it's an it's seen as an off season election that people just kind of ignore. And when you do that and when you think uh, that you can take these things for granted, they will take you for granted. What many people are feeling right now with the 200,000 dead and, and the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all these um, other an earthquake just happened in Los Angeles, murder hornets, stack them up. 
what you're feeling around those kind of things is not that you are that history is taking you for granted. This is people taking history for granted and allowing themselves to get lulled into the false sense of security that somehow democracy will just putter along on its own. And it will not and does not. And so as we go into our first break on this show, um, I want to recommend to you that you go to vote.org and you make sure you are registered and you know where and when your ballot is going to arrive. And you make a strategy for yourself to vote and verify your vote. You can, most secretaries of state, you can go on their website and check and see if your vote has been tallied or has been received. And I, more than any other situation uh, in our uh, nation's history, would recommend that that happen. And, and this death of our democracy. Why this time? Uh, um, I, you know, whatever. Um, whatever your, your feelings about um, elections in general or whatnot, if you think that uh, both parties are, you know, are, they're, they're two legs in the both same sides. pair of pants. Right. I would like to unequivocally say to you, you are a fool. And that is more in that idea of both siderism is more indicative of your projection outward onto other people and your inability or lack of desire to differentiate between the two streams of thought than it is on those streams of thought not existing. And I would say, um, educate yourself. And even if you think the parties don't live up to their standard, know that the, the Democrats are known because they, are, are, they base their party on the idea of democracy. One person, one vote. The Republicans base their entire governing philosophy on the concept of a, of a federalist republic based on landowners being able to vote at a higher level than individuals. Hence the Electoral College, hence Montana having two senators, even though they have fewer people than Santa Monica, California, in the entire state. We'll be back right after this. It's the Health Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. We're, we're streaming at twitch.tv slash HalSparks. You can come and subscribe there. It's September, so it'll cost you half as much. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, it doesn't cost you anything. So it costs you half of nothing. It's amazing. What a deal. Nothing, and you can help the It's n- and nothing. We'll be back right after this. Ever thought of finding your family tree? There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandma as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA tests deliver such a unique interactive experience. Start exploring your family story today. Head to our URL at Ancestry.com slash liberal to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash liberal. 
Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We love you um, wherever you are. And, um, and to everybody who's listening to the show this morning, who's, you know, a little weathered by what a year this has been and the last 24 hours in particular, I want to send some love out to you. And, um, and in all honesty, say, this too shall pass. And we will continue down this road of growth and progress and prosperity and health and wellness for everyone that again you don't get to skip these moments in history you just get to show what you're made of when confronted with them and so to everyone who uh on social media is um in total honesty perhaps but is uh spouting about how exhausted they are and how overwhelmed they are on the one hand i hear you and on the other hand i need you to be better than that and i know you can be Because there are people, there are people who cannot get up off the ground, who cannot get up out of bed, who cannot stand, who can't, who do not have enough food to eat. They do not, they are, uh, they have pre-existing conditions and they're worried about lifetime caps on their illnesses that there are people who lost family members to COVID who are just pulling themselves back together and trying to survive in the middle of this economic downturn. And if you are not one of those persons directly, and I mean directly, not I know someone, this is horrible. I mean, if it's not you, then your responsibility in my estimation is to be the one who can stand in spite of all this. You get up, you put one foot in front of the other. And if, and out of, out of utter respect, for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and everything she stood for, you make sure you have a plan to vote. You make sure that your vote will get counted this time. And you plan on bringing a couple of people to the polls. And I'm dead serious when I mean, you don't, they don't have to even be people that agree with you. If you, because I think there's a chance that on all honesty, if someone is willing to take a ride from you to go to the polls, who's supposedly going to vote the other way, there's a very strong chance that, Along that ride and in the fact that you are willing to do this, that you show them your respect for democracy so much that you are willing to give a ride to somebody who may vote against you, that in the quietness of that booth, if they are not a, you know, one of these people who sank their boats in a lake because uh, it had too many flags on it, um, Trump flags, there is a strong chance they might have a, a moment where they recognize how much you care. And maybe they don't vote your way, but maybe they don't vote that way either. And it is either way, it is crucial for our democracy that everyone be involved always, every time, every single time legitimately. And, and it need not be said, but the idea of protest votes themselves should be dead in the water simply because do you really believe that Hillary Clinton would have floated the idea of replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton. Real people on Donald Trump's supposed list. Now, do I believe that Donald Trump is going to float Tom Cotton or Ted Cruz for that position? Okay, first, no. There is no way, you know, in in Trump's mind, perhaps there's a fantasy that Tom Cotton is a possibility. 
because the guy's a sycophant and he, you know, he'll reward him with a cush job for the rest of his life. And he's really young. There's no way with Trump's disdain for Ted Cruz that he actually does it. Those names are on the list because they are aware they've been aware for some time that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not going to make it to the end of the year. Um, that Ted Cruz, you know, and Tom Cotton are on that list to make the other people they have on that list seem sane by comparison. That's why they're there. <laughs> yeah, you got to be right. That's, you know, that is, uh, you know, Ted Bundy seems charming and sane, you know, next to a rabid badger, you know, and, you know, if you if you have to share a car with one, you figure you can at least talk to Ted was the idea. Right. You say, and, please stop biting me. Yes. Right. Exactly. The the rabid badger is not going to listen. And in the no, case of just, Tom Cotton. Yeah. And the false choice <laughs> created by that, um, by the by the, you know, the the rabid badger concept. Um, which heretofore shall be named that like whenever anybody yes. uses somebody as a distraction a, a extremist to soften the blow of other folks. Um, you know, this is how they're going to get somebody who they know will upend Roe v. Wade or uh, gay rights or the protection for transgender people um, or um, things like the keep, you know, the next time the Voting Rights is pa- Act is passed, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act gets passed. Um, by miracle, and they decide in the next Republican administration to challenge it in court, Um, they are counting on someone being on the Supreme Court who they may not be Ted Cruz or Tom Cotton, but judging from their uh, legislative background or their judicial background, will choose to side with, um, side against the need for a Voting Rights Act. This is utterly simple. Um, for the the elimination of a um, of, of the death tax of the you know of the estate tax, those kind of things as being unconstitutional or something. That's that's who they will seed something with. And 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 the the insistence of Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz being on that list is bait to make you think that whoever they put up is well. I mean, they're conservative, but they're pretty reasonable. They are not going to. And by the way. I happen to believe that Mitch McConnell's statement that, of course, they're going to have a vote is in, is indicative of him as a human being and, and his lack of uh, character and continuity and anything that he does. Read the room. Yeah. But and he has, he has said as much. Um, if there are other Republicans who decide, look, they, they plan on having a career past Donald Trump that will go, no, we're going to wait until, you know, the next election. And they're going to use it, by the way, as an impetus to get elected. The rush to do this is more a sign that they expect him to lose. Um, The the rush to get him this through is their recognition that the polls are showing that he's not going to get another shot at the at the Supreme Court if the vote holds the way it goes. And again, for all the polling conversation that has been back and forth, um, uh, around 2016, around, you know, whether or not we're going to have a replay of 2020 this time, all those aspects. Um, let me be abundantly clear. Last time the polls person to person were not wrong. Hillary Clinton won by 3 million votes. 
And she was the entirety of the time, except for maybe one month, within the margin of error on almost every national and battleground poll. She was within that three to five percent range where it could, you know, it could be a three to five percent lead or it could be a dead heat or even below. She was always within that zone as good as she was doing. And the expect the expectation was, is that, you know, without those 78,000 protest votes in three distinct states, the Electoral College would not have gone the way it did by, by all measures. That that variant difference is was well within what the polls were saying. The polls were relatively right in that regard. It was just where. And the fact that there were these holdout, uh, you know, people holding their nose to vote. We got to take a break. But let me be abundantly clear right now. Biden, the lowest I've seen him is 7%. Out, that's outside the margin of error. That means he is, you know, with the margin of error, either leading by three points, approximately, or leading by 12, if, if the margin of error favors him. And there is no indication that there will be, a, you know, the, a, a total block of Republicans this time, the way there was last time. There are not going to be these nose holding Obama voters that somehow had a chip on their shoulder about Hillary voting that way. And the independents and and uh, purists that vote for Donald Trump this time are not voting out of ignorance. They are voting for dumping eighty eight hundred kids um, mm-hmm. on the Mexican side of the border and forgetting about them. Unaccompanied minors, children dumping them alone into the hands of cartels and whomever just happens to be on the border when it happens. And they are for, they are for, they are supportive of the idea that some, a man like Donald John Trump would replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the SCOTUS. We'll be back right after this. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, let's. Um, yeah, so we have surpassed the 200,000 number. The number I saw on the air this morning was 2,033, 200,033 um, deaths by COVID. We are losing approximately a little over, and I don't know why people keep saying almost, but we lose a little over 1,000 people a day. And we are having a 9-11 every three days in this country with this disease. If the flu season enters in and starts compounding the deaths, um, in 100 days, we will not have 300,000 dead. We could very well have 320 or 350. And every single one of these people who passes... um, leaves behind family members, loved ones, friends, many of whom could not see them in their last moments because of the nature of this disease, which makes it more sorrowful and sad for a lot of these people as, you know, as an experience than if they had passed from, a, a you know, cancer or swiftly from an accident in some ways, mm-hmm. because, They are denied that moment of closure, that closeness and the person going through it, you know, and and 
there's a lot of talk about how people who've been in there, you know, they like nurses using FaceTime to allow family members to see them mm-hmm. and the like. And again, as much as that <clears throat> isn't enough, it is extraordinary that we live in an age where that is available. That is a possibility. Yeah. That is not something that people in tuberculosis sanatoriums had an opportunity to do. That is not something no. that people during the Black Plague, you know, when people were walking around those weird crow plague doctor outfits, um, you know, you would maybe get a letter or you could have someone dictate a let you could dictate a letter that someone would write to family. And that was the extent of it. While still not enough, this is an extraordinary aspect of the time that we live in. And the same is true of vaccines and and treatments for this illness. And every day we we hear uh, worldwide, largely out of the NHS in South Korea, like I said, the 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 treatments that are showing the most promise, remdesivir, which the president calls remdesivir. Um, <laughs> I don't quite know why. Um, uh, was discovered, even though it's, an, it's a drug made by the American taxpayer, um, largely funded by the American taxpayer, it, its efficacy against COVID-19 was discovered by the South Koreans. They started using it to push back against this, and its function because of that was, uh, was growing, and there was a lot of case usage over there that kept their death rate low, which is great. The other two, uh, beta interferon and uh, dexamethasone, treatments that, you know, also low cost, um, uh, beta interferon a little more expensive, but dexamethasone very inexpensive. Um, I mean, I think $5 in the NHS in England, five pounds for an entire run of the treatment. Very low cost. Discovered by the National Health Service of Great Britain, of, of the UK, their national health service, their single-payer health system that the UK has is the system that discovered the value of dexamethasone and beta-interferon as, as, as treatments for this disease that have brought the death rate down in that country, have brought the death rate down in other countries as they've extended that as well. I mean, we don't hear about Spain and Italy the way we did and now they are in the uh, test and trace period where they are dealing with this. And, and what, what that looks like for people who are having a hard time wrapping their head around why these countries are opening and shutting and opening and shutting and opening and shutting. And the way we hear about our news here is that they are not opening and shutting. The, first of all, they're way smaller by population than we are. They're a sixth of our population, most of them. These countries we're talking about. And in the process of dealing with this outbreak, the way they handle it is um, by isolating segments, making sure they're doing testing. Anybody who tests positive um, can, you know, self-quarantine for a time, treating those who have it and and thereby lowering their death rate and slowing the spread of this disease. We because of a lack of national leadership on this, have, on the one hand, governors trying to pick up the slack in all the states that have large populations. 
you know, doing these drastic because of the interconnectedness of so many millions of people in states like New York and California, that the actions around those states are on a government, uh, a governor level that where the entire state must be open or shut as opposed to this city, this town, you know, whereas uh, unlike Iowa or Kansas or Montana or South Dakota, where you could isolate an entire town and go, you know, if you're from this town and you're going to another town, please, you know, uh, get yourself checked. And if you, you know, can't self quarantine at the house you're going to for at least 14 days, those kind of, you can ask the thing. Now, oftentimes they're not. They, they, a lot of these red state governors, you know, are still running on the hoax mentality or the idea, quite frankly, the unspoken truth is, is that the people that are dying from this are people they can afford to get rid of anyways. Yep. And, now the president is claiming that um, we that the going with the herd immunity, or as he calls it, the herd mentality idea earlier this year, by, by not going with that, he saved millions of lives by shutting down China, by banning China, which he did not. Private flights were still coming and going regularly. It's one of the reasons why we have outbreaks at our meatpacking plants. Notice, notice we have breakouts at all these meatpacking plants, and then China makes this giant purchase of cattle. You think they bought them sight unseen? You think they didn't send people here to buy them? You think those people flew commercial? No, they did not. So um, the, the, the president, you know, the, the difference between these two large population areas and low population areas, the interchange of death rates at red state to blue state is causing our stasis of a thousand a day. That is the primary thing that is causing us to hum along at a thousand as the less populated states rise in deaths and the blue states, which have a lot more people lower in deaths, the volume of red states where, where the disease is expanding um, is, is slowly but surely um, catching up, with the blue states where there are a lot of people, but the death rate is going down. And this crisscross is causing an enormous number of deaths in red states, not the least of which has been, has been caused by the president's insistence on rallies and mocking Joe Biden, who he continuously calls Sleepy Joe, which is, if you have seen any of Trump's speeches where he is not gacked to the gills at his rallies, the man is falling asleep at the table. He, he buzzes along in this monotonous tone, reading whatever's in front of him for the very first time, acting like everything is, is you know, an invention of his from the very beginning, and, and, and boring everyone around him. <laughs> I mean, it, it is extraordinary. The, the lack of uh, introspection and self-awareness that goes on when he talks about um, Joe Biden in terms of him being Sleepy Joe. Also, increasingly, this seems like from, from the Biden campaign standpoint, if you watch Biden in his speeches that he's been giving lately, it seems to me that the revelation that Donald Trump referred to uh, our our fallen heroes as losers and suckers, or quite frankly, by the way, much, much has been made of the fact that he's referred to people um, as losers and suckers who died in war. He doesn't just say that about 
people who perished, although he seems to have a particular bone to pick with people who died, lost limbs or were injured or uh, were captured, especially. There is also an aspect of this where he he thinks anybody who joined is a loser, um, you know, and not not the least, which is the, clo- the the story of when Don Jr. was considering joining. And he allegedly Donald Trump threatened to uh, disown him if he did. Um, And these things in and of themselves um, are in, you know, indicative of this man's character. They are indicative of who he would pick to put on the SCOTUS. They are indicative of the kind of legislation he would fight for. But, you know, somehow, some way in the last election cycle, enough people held their nose and looked the other way. And I personally do not believe that those numbers are um, this way. uh, We'll we'll go his way this time. I do have concerns, though, about the Senate and the House and that this perpetual belief that they are, you know, two legs in the same pair of pants ideas that, well, when you if you're going to vote for a Democrat, maybe what I'll do is to temper my own need. I'll vote for the Republican senator or state reps or the or for the house you know because somebody's got to balance these folks because if joe biden's a puppet for the squad maybe we need you know somebody in there to temper that on the legislative side and that's that's going to be there are going to be a lot of people entering the voting booth believing that and the only counter to that from a democratic point of view is everyone voting a volume of voters that outperforms that group of humans, as well as the people who are going to vote the other way. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. You know what I hate? When your social media pops up with a summer vacation pic from like five years ago, and it's great memories, but you're like, ugh, when did the wrinkles and the bags around the eyes show up? Delete, delete. Well, not this summer. Let's say no more pop-up pics with deep wrinkles, fine lines, and bags under the eyes. And I'm not talking about surgery. I'm talking about Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags all in the comfort of your home in minutes. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody will know your secret. I tried it, and I look like me, just younger, healthier, and better rested. The results will blow you away. Get Plexiderm and love how you look and feel this summer in the mirror, and in photos. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. Or try a $14.95 trial pack today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention VOICES. Again, visit TryPlexiderm.com and use code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus an additional $10 off. Or try a $14.95 trial pack when you use code VOICES. This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back. Um, so there is a, um, I mean, there's a consistent belief system right now um, that the the purity tests and the you know the narrow minded thinking of you know of 2016 is sort of behind us. That there was a a value to. Um, the, to vote in the, the 2018 itself 
made people recognize that vo- voting mattered again, that they it, it, it drove them towards it. And, and I personally do believe that will maintain. And I also believe that that is the vast majority of people. But l- let me go on the record as saying that the people who who did a, uh, you know, a protest vote last time or didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because they couldn't just believe her to. And the people who are saying that, you know, the liberal case for voting for Donald Trump um, to, sh- you know, to own the libs as a progressive or what have you. Um, that thought form in and of itself. Is. It's not crazy. It's not. um a, a, a sign of just kind of if someone being emotionally flabbergasted by not getting their way. It is an act uh, that is detrimental to the furtherance of democracy and the equal rights of people. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's no two ways about it. This is, um, if anything, right now, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg 40 some odd days before an election where Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell may be able to shoehorn through some uh, anti-choice nutcase to replace her, to take her chair on the Supreme Court is not something that no one saw coming. Right. It's not an accident. It's not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, something that we couldn't have been uh, that we weren't warned about would would occur. This you we knew this was going to occur. We knew this was happening. We knew that that Donald John Trump, a man who bragged about sexual assault, a man who believed that um, that in the Supreme Executive, once he got in there, the idea, the way he talked about Obama and what Obama should have done pointed to an idea in his head that he himself believed that the the chief executive role in this country is more king-like. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we talk about how much he thought, you know, Obama should have been forced to resign because of his handling of Ebola or the like. Not only does that show his disdain for Barack Obama, which, uh, you know, is multi-layered. But it also shows his belief about what he thinks a president can and should do in that position and what the available tools are to a president, which is indicative of his belief of what he would do once he got in. And what has he done? Precisely that. The fact that he has William Barr attempting, you know, through the Durham report to prosecute his enemies. And the the fact that people didn't see this coming or believe that he didn't see this coming, they didn't see this coming or pretend that they didn't see this coming. And that Mm -hmm. somehow Hillary Clinton, as the first woman president, would have instigated more damage on this country than Donald John Trump, that you would even believe that is 
is it either shows gaps in your intellectual capacity to gather what real hazards are in life, which would one would think disqualify you from being listened to again when dealing with these issues. But hey, Jim Cramer didn't see 2008 coming and uh, arguably you could say was part of making it happen. And he's still on television telling us about the economy. So whatever, I guess. But if you went and and said, you know, if you were in the crowd or carousing around with the folks that, well, what's the difference? And it's really a coin flip. And and you believed all these things about Hillary Clinton. You probably believed that there really wasn't going to be that much difference between Al Gore and George Bush when we when that squeezed between the um, the margin of error. So if between now and the election, if anyone within the sound of my voice allows themselves to even pretend for a second that there's a reason why the margin between these two candidates should tighten in any way, there there is no other opinion I can draw from that except to say that they mean this country and the people in it ill. And specifically, the, the least among us, the people who have it the hardest, because those are the people who get sacrificed in this situation. When you when you when you are willing to sacrifice the ACA to get Medicare for all instead of using it as a stepping stone to eventually build a system like Medicare for all. Then what you are saying is you are comfortable with the idea of sacrificing the 10 to 12 million people, uh, half of the people who gained insurance under the ACA Mm -hmm. to, to a sad, painful and impoverished death to get your way. And I it would it boggles my mind why you would think that that is any different than the most depraved right winger out there. What's the difference? What's mm. the difference? We we need to crash the economy. Why? Because we need to rebuild a ne- more equitable one. Well, who gets harmed in the crashing of the economy? Do you think it's the Warren Buffetts and the Jeff Bezoses and the the Sacklers of the world who never get mentioned in this billionaire flail? We all ever who who gets brought up? Bezos, who started an online bookstore, who eventually mm. bought the Washington Post and made sure that it's do- that it continued to do good journalism. Um, Bill Gates, who he and his wife have been, you know, uh, trying to eradicate malaria. But who doesn't get brought up? The Sacklers and everybody who works for, you know, Purdue Pharmaceutical and and all the big pharma companies, those billionaires, because they're not going to lose money ever in this situation. The people who get harmed the most when people have protest votes and go, well, it's not really that big a difference. Are the people at the absolute fringe, the people who are holding on by their fingernails. And if you're not willing to do the long term work. That is required in a democracy, what you're saying is I'm willing to sacrifice those people. And that is why I say and I will continue to say that revolution in its current uh, air quotes form 
is this is the six minute abs or lap band of democracy. There are no shortcuts. You do the work every single time and you you climb a mountain step step because if you rush, you fall and you take other people with you. We'll be back after this, the news and a couple of breaks. It's the Housemarks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're streaming live at twitch.tv slash Housemarks. You can support the show by coming, becoming a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash Housemarks. You, you probably have another Patreon person you support. Throw us in the mix. Cup of coffee a month. You can do it. If you can't, just listen. Sit back. We'll get you through this. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! It is uh, very difficult to consider the idea of a happy ending on a day like today when we have lost lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, who, in all frankness, when I found out she had pancreatic cancer, when we when it, that was in the news. I, as a Bill Hicks fan, knew that the end was near. Um, pancreatic cancer is brutal. And having a president coming into office who was working on a cancer moonshot after they left office might have even more value at this moment. Because that's what Joe Biden chose to do with his time after he left office. Before the uh, coronavirus hit and the death rate started to spike up and we noticed that the president had gotten rid of the pandemic response team and the cops program right about the time George Floyd happened, people recognized that he had he'd gotten rid of both of those things at the same time two years prior. Um, the economy entered a recession officially in February and the job growth under Donald J. Trump for the record was half of that of Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter added 10 million jobs during his time in office. One, one term. Donald Trump was on par to add 4.8 million before COVID hit. And his inability to look forward to anything that doesn't involve his own personal pleasure or enrichment created a situation where he scuttled the, the pandemic response team and therefore led to a situation that when hit with a pandemic like this, we were not only caught flat-footed, we were caught flat-footed with empty pockets looking in the wrong direction. And it was no accident. It was intentional mismanagement that led to this. So the idea that having someone in office that respects the need to plan ahead for future problems that you may, you yourself may not be around to see. Right. You put the, the, you know, for every cry that Trump has made about how the Obama administration handled H1N1 over the last little bit and how they didn't get good marks, which is this weird schoolyard problem that he seems to have, or good ratings or good reviews, 
which is his television mentality. Mm-hmm. But in looking at what he speaks of in terms of them, we never shut down the economy. We never had to crash the economy to deal with this. And the recognition of its, of its death rate and how to handle it and the tracking and tracing became functional. And the president himself, Obama, got a shot of the vaccine December of the year that H1N1 came out in May. So for Donald Trump saying they're ahead of schedule and setting records in terms of the creation of a vaccine, they are skipping phase two out of three phases mainly the safety and and uh and review period and they're still going to be behind obama which you know for h1n1 but during that time the obama administration did what adults do they saw that the government itself at that period in time was not prepared even as great as our cdc and our nih is They need a strategy point for this particular problem, that the spread of a of a of a coronavirus, specifically of a flu like contagion, a heavily contagious disease was not a matter of if, but when. And therefore, we must set up within the White House a a, an action group whose specific job it is to keep track of these things as they happen and protect the American people if it starts to surge. We don't know when this is going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point. And it might not happen when Obama during Obama's second term. It might not happen if Hillary had been in. It might not happen during hers or her second term or whomever serves after her. It might not happen for 25 years. But when it does, it'd be this bad. And if we had a pandemic response team in place that was always watching for this kind of thing, the same way we track hurricanes now, we would be able to deal with it. We would be able to handle this environmental disaster headed our way. And as the temperatures start to rise because of climate change or the instigation of pathogens grows because of pollutants, there is the the chance of it coming sooner is much higher. And you you can't guarantee you'll have all the answers when it comes. But you can be as ready as you are capable of being and you can set up a team in place that says as new information comes in about the 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 deadliness of certain types of diseases or we get a, an idea of something new comes in that might not be the most contagious, most dangerous form of Ebola or something that comes in, but as it starts to spread we will we will up our game with this pandemic response team so that if it's a bloodborne illness, if it's an airborne illness, if it's a contact virus, we will be ready. Whether it happens on our watch or not, we will set it up so that the American people will be safe, as safe as we can make them within all the available science and all the available resources. And Donald Trump... Within in his in his first year of being president, eliminated that office. Explain to me your lack of inspiration right now. Explain to me how unmotivated you are to vote for the person 
who was part of the administration that assembled a pandemic response team in the first place and would put it back in place. Explain to me your lack of inspiration for re-entering the Paris Accord and growing it to include the three biggest polluters on the planet. Explain to me why you don't think the flyover states, rural communities, cancer cluster areas don't deserve better water safety and a broadband uh, ecosystem running through across the entire country. Why don't they deserve it? Why don't poor rural people deserve the ability to learn remotely in, in a pandemic the way your kid does or your friend does? And I'll, I'll say this as we end the show. Thank you, Johnny Million. You're awesome. You save your breath because there is no explanation for why you're not. It is because you're not a grown-up. It is because you cannot see past the end of your nose and you are such a self-involved child that your disdain for other human beings makes you identical to the Republicans like Mitch McConnell you vilify. Identical. You are the other pants leg. You are the the both sides. Live with that for the rest of the week. Um, thanks, guys, so much. This is House Parks Radio Program, Mega World Wide. Stick around for Dick K. Johnny Million, love you. Thank you, Devin. You guys are awesome. Did you know that a large percentage of the face masks sold on the market today are fraudulent? Many of them claim to have levels of filtration they don't meet, or worse, have literally no filtration at all. A very small number of manufacturers have respirator face mask models that are tested in the U.S. by the NPPTL and authorized by the FDA. Buying a mask model that has been FDA authorized is the best way to ensure you and your family are getting true respirator masks. These masks filter to greater than 95% efficiency, and they can be reworn, making them a perfect choice, as wearing masks is one of the key things we can do to keep ourselves and our neighbors safe. Right now, the New Deal Shop dot com has fda authorized kn95 respirator masks with the anti-fake stickers on every single package these respirator masks are in stock in the u.s and ship immediately for free for our listeners by adding the code sexy liberal you can even get 10 percent off the clean phone uv sanitizer for just buying these fda authorized masks go to the new deal shop.com and now get verified authenticated FDA-authorized KN95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's thenewdealshop.com, thenewdealshop.com, code sexyliberal.